welcome to Small Steps Living, the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, bringing you inspiring stories to help you transform your life one small step at a time. Here at Small Steps Living, we're keeping it real. Kick back and enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to be bringing you part two of the moving series. I thought it might be useful for everyone to hear the good parts and the bad parts of our recent interstate move. And in the first episode, I shared what happened before we jumped on that plane. Some of the good bits, some of the tough bits, and some of the best things that I learned. And today I bring you part two. So what happened once we boarded that plane? What was that month like before we found somewhere to live? What was the processing of this life event really like? So I'm sharing very honestly here. So hopefully I don't cry again uh, because what I have to say is um, it's been pretty huge. Uh, This side of the move was kind of (laughs) ugly in its perfection. Uh, So what happened was uh, we packed up our house um, and we had two nights that we stayed in a uh, hotel before we left. So this was when the movers were coming, we were doing the final clean out, all that kind of thing. And I booked to stay in the same hotel. It was like service departments that we were, that we moved to when we first arrived in Brisbane. So I thought that was a really good idea, but in truth, it just ended up freaking me out. We were in pretty much exactly the same room that we were in five years before when we landed in this city, knowing no one with a just turned two-year-old and three or four-month-old. And there we were with our family of three children looking way older five years later, myself I'm talking about, uh, ready to say goodbye to this city that we'd gotten to know and love and where our kids knew, what our kids knew as home. And It was a beautiful reflection time, but it was also a little bit of a head spin. So we spent those days kind of on holidays, which was a really beautiful way to end. So it was lots of pool time and spa time and uh, walking around the city and all those sorts of things. Uh, Nick was doing a lot of stuff at the house still, but it it was just really nice. And it was kind of nice not to go straight from our house to the airport. Uh, But we ended up at the airport. We made that flight by about a minute. They were about to just tell us that we couldn't get on. And I think this family of five looking a little bit frazzled with three children in tow, they took pity on us and put us on that flight. Thank you, Qantas. And, And then suddenly, like, I literally had no time to think because it was so frantic that morning, getting the keys back. The clean hadn't been done properly at our house. So we were on our hands and knees. Uh, We thought we were just doing the final check and it ended up being way more than that. 
uh, rental car back because mum and dad had driven our car down to Melbourne for us, bless them. And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty manic to say the least. And then suddenly we were on the plane. This is it. This is happening. And, you know, Nick and I exchanged glances and we were mentally holding each other's hands and saying goodbye to the city that had been home for five years. The kids were pumped. I was just, I was just going through the motions, I think. And when we got to the other side, I saw we came out and our beautiful families were waiting for us. And it was a really, really lovely moment, uh, feeling very supported, very welcomed back. And so began the Melbourne leg of this move. Uh, it was pretty cold, pretty cold. My parents moved down to the Mornington Peninsula and we thought that that's probably where we would end up living. Uh, you know, because we didn't have to be somewhere in particular for work, we thought, yeah, let's let's do the sea change. But the problem is that the peninsula is a beautiful place, but it's never really grabbed me uh, in the way that I would want home to grab me. Our holidays as kids were always down the Great Ocean Road. We were always down the other side of um, of the bay. And mum and dad just very randomly <laughs> moved to Mornington a few years ago. And uh, because they're kind of like everything, you know, I wanted access to them. We wanted access to mum and dad. So um, kind of tried for a little while there to to find something on the peninsula, but it just wasn't feeling right. And in the previous episode, when I talked about trust, this was a point in time where I had to hold, really hold fast to that trust, to knowing that I would know when it felt right. So began the trips up and back to Melbourne. Now, for people who aren't from here, uh, the Mornington Peninsula is is an hour's uh, drive into into Melbourne. So I just knew that we had to find somewhere to live and that was that was what we set about doing. However, something happened and that was the crash. So I had an event to run with the amazing Jude Blarow the second Saturday we arrived. So we arrived down there on about a Tuesday. So uh, that weekend, so, you know, we were just we were racing about town just trying to find a house. We tried the peninsula that week and then thought maybe we should just try somewhere different. So went into Melbourne and started looking around some of the other areas. Didn't find anything. And then the following week I was out because I had this event with Jude on. But at the start of that week, someone looked at me and said, how are you, Lisa? How are you going? And I lost it. I absolutely lost it. It was like someone had opened a lid and all of the emotions and all of the, oh, everything, just all of it. It was like vomiting out of me. Um, I was, it was just like this release. 
because things had been a bit rough for a few months, you know, uh, things weren't right in our house and we needed to make a decision. Once we made the decision, everything happened so beautifully. And then once we were on the other side, it was just that one person looking me in the eye and asking how I was just started this cascade of emotions. And I, I actually thought I was losing my mind. My brain wasn't functioning properly. I was crying at the drop of a hat. I couldn't make plans. I couldn't make decisions. That suddenly the thought of deciding where to live, Melbourne's a pretty big city, just felt completely overwhelming. And I had to run an event on the Saturday and I couldn't get it together. There was a time, the Thursday I think it was, or maybe even the Friday, and I was talking to Jude and I said, Jude, I just, I can't stop crying. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And she said, just trust that you can. Trust that it will all come together. You know, we'd been preparing for this for so long. We had our booklets. We had our, um, our plan for the day. We had slides. We had music. We had the food sorted and a beautiful venue. My amazing small steps team were flying in. It was a really exciting time and I just, I couldn't even decide what to wear. Luckily, adrenaline kicked in (laughs) and that uh, event was just like this beacon of amazingness in in my life at that time. Um, Meeting small steppers and women who had only been, you know, little Facebook profiles and first and last names. I always had to ask them what their last name was. So I knew who they were, but women who'd been in the membership for a long time, women who'd moved through small steps to Whole Foods when it used to run, women who had done small steps back to you, there they were in front of me. And I could touch them and hug them and 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 know that they were real and, and amazing women. And I can't even just begin to tell you how much that filled me up and how much it spurred me on to keep going in a time where, you know, I was losing my shit. I really was. Uh, it was it was magical. And that photo of Jude and I and all, all the small steppers, it's going to be one of my most treasured possessions because on that day, their energy, their love, that community, it just meant everything to me. So after that event, and of course the adrenaline and the energy that it took, you know, it takes a lot of energy to put a live um, event on. I mean, I crashed again. So I didn't think I could kind of get any worse, but I, I sort of did. I, I, all I did, I, I retreated. So I am a person, um, close friends of mine know this well, who they suddenly can't get hold of when things aren't good or I just stop returning messages or I don't show up to things. I hide. I, I, just, I just don't want to talk about things. I need to work away on myself on my own. Sometimes I love talking things through with people, but the really big stuff, the really heavy stuff, I go internal and I retreat. You know, it's why I couldn't put a podcast together. I didn't want to. And I kind of um, 
And I can't force this business because it's so much a part of me. And so I trusted and I shared, you know, I shared a, a blog where I just said, just give me a little bit of time to to get through all this. And thank you. If you're back listening to the podcast, I appreciate you and um, sticking with me on this journey because right now I am so energized. But in that time, I wasn't. And I allowed myself not to be energized. I allowed myself to not be the perfect mum, the perfect wife. I allowed myself to find the transition hard. I didn't tell myself that I was silly for feeling this, that I needed to get it together. I knew I would if I just allowed those feelings. I couldn't make my brain work when it just didn't want to. It had done enough. I needed to rest, retreat. And that took the form of uh, Netflix (laughs) at night. Uh, It took the form of really simple grounding activities with my kids. You know, not fussy, just being with them, doing one thing per day. Uh, Another thing that always helps me through is my work, which sounds funny, but getting out to a cafe in the morning. Sometimes I just get, get up, have a shower and head out the door at 6 or 6.30 in the morning, walk by myself in the streets of Mornington. There was a cafe that had Wi-Fi and I'd just sit there, have some breakfast, have some coffee and tinker away without too much expectation on what I was going to achieve during that time. I have the most fabulous team of women working with me, making all this happen, and you don't see them, but they keep things rolling. And I am forever indebted to those women who allowed me that time to rest and allowed and really carried the the business, um, kept things rolling while I just kind of did what I could. The crazy thing is, pulling back totally allowed all this new energy, all these new ideas, this clarity that I'd been searching for for ages to come through. I couldn't quite believe it. I, um, I was just, it was just all downloading because I wasn't filling my time with my to-do list. And this is a lesson I need to keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. And it's so much of what we do in in Small Steps Back to You is like, let's just create a little bit of space here so we can hear ourselves think, so we can get some clarity and we can move forward with purpose. Because for me, you know, the, the the baby and toddler years with my kids, who are now seven, five and three. It was that. It was just like, what do I need to get done today? And you'd do it and then you'd do it again the next day. And I now see, you know, life is seasons. Life is absolutely seasons. And we need to um, not put too much expectation on ourselves, but also give ourselves time for things, like give ourselves a line in the sand moment for things to change a bit. 
I recognize I'm at a different stage. Our family needed a line in the sand moment and this move was it. But if I didn't give myself space to just kind of all over town, you know, I was just really out of sorts. If I didn't allow that, if I just kept pushing through, I would not have the clarity that I have now about where life, my business, my family is going. We need to create space, you know. We need to shut down on the noise all the time. Those moments are where the magic happens. And so even when I was in it, I knew it was a season. I knew it wasn't going to be forever. And as painful as it is for someone like me, who is kind of uh, like, you know, I like to get stuff done. I don't like to, I, I have lots of ideas. I, I'm used to having lots of energy. I am used to being able to kind of just go for things. Um, and without that was really disconcerting, but I just I leaned into trust. I trusted that this was what needed to happen on the other side of that seamless move. I needed to allow it to feel messy, discombobulated, uncertain, unstable, hard. It was hard. And I'm so glad I did because what was happening was I was going from one thing to the next. I didn't know whether to live here, there, where, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, Melbourne's more expensive than Brisbane. We were changing our budget. We were changing our, um, like really significantly changing, not just, you know, from one suburb to the next, but like locations within the city. It was like I had too much choice. And Nick is, Nick was pretty easygoing. Um, he felt like this decision mattered a bit more to me, but I knew we needed to feel that we were in a place that felt exciting for this move to have been, uh, to, you know, to, to continue on this next phase. I had a vision in my mind and, and it started to get eroded because I started to stop believing it was going to be possible to have what I wanted. And they, those things that I wanted have come about because of hardcore work I've done on my values. And, you know, values is the first thing that we start with in Small Steps Back to You because I find if I am sure of what I value, then that can be my compass point. So it was easy to work out what things, what didn't feel right because it wasn't aligning with those values. But when your kids have been out of school for a few weeks, when you've been living with your parents for longer than they expected and you expected, when the end doesn't, you can't see the end in sight and and people around you are encouraging you to just decide on something, just settle for something, just stop, you know, maybe the expectations are a little bit too high. My brother did say to me, I was being a bit precious. Hmm. Thanks, bro. He was saying it with love. He was saying it because he could see that we were stuck. I was particularly stuck. And he just wanted to say something and encourage me to move through that. Just make a decision. Any decision will do. But I had this feeling that I just didn't want to do that. Because one of my values 
is, you know, inspired by place. I think that where we live matters a lot to my mental health, to the amount that I move each day. I want to be in walking distance to things. I do not want to be getting in my car all the time. I didn't want to have to buy a second car. And I wanted to feel like I walked out my door and felt amazing about where we lived. So I didn't give up. I held true to that vision. I held onto it for dear freaking life. And and I just, once again, I just leaned into trust that because I saw this, because this was what the vision was, that I could hold it and trust it, that it would all evolve perfectly. And so it did. And we're in a great place, in a great area, walking distance to the things that matter to me. Uh, I mean, it actually couldn't be more perfect. It's forced us to downsize a little more. The house isn't huge, but it feels so right. When Before we left Brisbane, as I shared in episode one, we were, you know, that um, Netflix documentary, Minimalism, reading a book called Essentialism, uh, you know, having anxiety in the family and looking around at what is causing that, what could reduce it, how we could do life better, we can do that in this house. I don't need a lot of space. I don't want a lot of space. I want to live a life where we have less stuff, but we do it better. We do it better than we have before. We design the life that we want to live. And I'm so, so proud of myself for holding the vision against all odds. And just not sacrificing on my values. So who knows how it's all going to roll out from here? I don't know. But I can tell you for sure that the moments of breakdown do lead to breakthrough time and time and time again. I see this to be true. Our family had a little breakdown. We had the dark nights. And now it's taken us back to our hometown in a great house, in a great neighborhood. And we have a flexibility and a freedom that we've never known before. We actually don't really know what to do with it. And that's the next stage is allowing this new way we do life to evolve slowly, but consciously. I don't want to just head into uh, doing things the way that we've always done them because we haven't stopped and taken stock. In Small Steps Back to You, that whole program is designed to be a line in the sand moment for the women who are doing it, to say, just because things are done a certain way doesn't mean I need to keep doing that way, doing them that way. Is this actually serving me? Does this feel good? Now, I'm not saying you have to do an interstate move. (laughs) In fact, I don't recommend it. Most of the work that 
is shared in Small Steps Back to You, all of those eight exercises, nine including the values one, that's all stuff that I've been working away on quietly and consistently over the last few years so that I could be in a place where we could take big leaps and trust the process. So I just wanted to share that if you are in the dark night, if you feel discombobulated, unsure, if you're in a little bit of a breakdown moment, if you're having a crash, let yourself crash. Call out for the help that you need if you need it, retreat if you need to do that, but just be with yourself and know that that stuff, that's often where the gold is in our lives. Because from that place, we can start a new path. When you're on that status quo treadmill and you're just running, 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 and you're keeping up with the Joneses and you just think there is no other way, those little breakdowns are a gift in disguise. So I'm so glad we had ours. I'm glad that we now can, you know, Nick and I can hold hands and walk forward together from this new place, a new vantage point. Life feels different. And I'm so excited by that. I'm so excited by the clarity that all this has given me for Small Steps Living, for the awesome stuff that I've got coming for for the Small Steps members, and for the ease in which I can roll it all out. Because that's one thing I've learned for sure. Life doesn't have to be as hard as we think it does. We have more choice than we realize. So that's it from me. That is moving part one and part two. And I hope it's given you a little bit of an insight. I always want to be honest about, uh, you know, when you see things on social media or you might have seen me post stuff or keeping things lighthearted, there was certainly um, some very intense times for me. And I think I want to share that because that's life, right? And we've all got our different ways to get through. And my ways and the things that I always come back to, you know, is my small steps mantra. And in particular, the exercises that I share in small steps back to you, you know, I shared in our Facebook group for that program exactly how they were playing out in my real life. You know, it's not made up, it's real (laughs) and it really helps. So we have another round of that coming up very soon. Um, If you're interested, I'll pop the link in the show notes. Uh, But I hope that this um, has helped you see exactly where I've been at, why there hasn't been any podcasts for a little while and let you know that I'm going gently on myself, but I feel energized and inspired and uh you can be expecting a lot more coming at you i'll see you soon for more inspiration interviews and know-how head to smallstepsliving.com small steps living inspiring your best life one small step at a time